I'm Joey, and you're listening to the State of Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt, Nick, Peyton, and Mac. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the State of Sports Podcast. I'm here with my host, Nick Ricario. And I'm Mac Dolphy, and we're here. We've got a lot of stuff to talk with you guys today about. We got NBA draft. We got a little recap of the NBA season. So let's get right into it because we got a lot to cover. All right, so this podcast is going to be a little bit different. The way we're going to set this one up, you know, because Nick and I here, we're down in San Diego for the summer. Peyton and Matt, they're back in the Bay Area. So what we're doing here is Nick and I are hooking up. Peyton, Peyton and Matt are getting together, and we're going to do two different little mini podcasts, splice them together. We're going to give you guys a nice, like, hour long or so worth of content. So... First of all, I want to say congratulations to the NBA Raptors. We haven't had a chance to discuss the this Toronto Raptors. Since the last podcast, the Toronto Raptors. I'm already talking over myself. Anyways, Toronto Raptors, NBA champions. Um, the parade was amazing. A huge showing for Canada. It was a it was a huge showing, um, but there were improvements to be made. Um, I was looking at like NBA Twitter and Reddit. There were there were some uh, less than desirable things about the uh, the parade, but for the first parade in what many years since the Blue Jays won the World Series in the eighties, mm-hmm. fantastic for the city of Toronto. They said about eight percent of the population. That was crazy. It was like one point five million yeah. people showed up. Yeah, absolutely crazy. crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, now that the boring part of the NBA season is over, you know the part where they actually play for the championship. We got the interesting stuff. Um, before we hop into the draft, we got to talk about it. It's the biggest trade to happen in maybe the last five ten years. Lakers trading for Anthony Davis, at least biggest in terms of how much the Pelicans got back. Yeah. So the official trade line, uh, obviously Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers. Pelicans receive Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, the number four pick in this year's draft, two first round picks in upcoming drafts, as well as pick swap rights for 2023 and 2025. Do note that the number four pick was actually traded to the Hawks. Um, as of right now, they selected DeAndre Hunter, which we will talk about on the draft part of the podcast. But uh, let's get into the deal. I was going to say, this is a okay deal. As a Laker fan, it's great. I'm happy that they got Anthony Davis. Enough speculation. No more need for back channels. I think the only back channel you needed was Rich Paul, who is both LeBron and AD's agent, the um, the head agent of Clutch Sports. Um, I like the deal in the fact that you didn't give up Kuz, who was your most established young guy. You still gave up Lonzo, who I still have hope for within three years will turn out to be a plus, like a extreme, a plus plus defender, like a plus 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 like passer ball facilitator and Brandon Ingram who the jury's still out on he's got this year to show and it'll be tough because Zion's gonna have the ball who was drafted tonight Josh Hart's good um throw into the trade I understand that he's a JJ Redick light would you say yeah that's a good comparison JJ Redick light he's 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 got the archetype of that smaller guy a mobile sniper who can run and run and gun shoot the three well um, but the number four pick really did hurt. Obviously, you're going to have to do that. You have to give up the King's Ransom to get Anthony Davis, and I didn't expect anything else from a former Cavs, uh, former championship-winning GM, David Griffin, who I think is one of the biggest acquisitions, not besides Anthony Davis of the Lakers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the Pelicans can already see uh, dividends getting paid off from 
making David Griffin their general manager. Um, amazing stuff so far. Like you said before that uh, they traded the number four pick to get three more picks in uh, this year's draft. Uh, you can definitely see David Griffin's already maximizing, you know, uh, making the best out of a bad situation with Anthony Davis still, you know, obviously saying he has to leave from this. I was going to say, um, I was talking to you before the podcast and just letting the viewers now know that the way David Griffin, at least his start to the uh, process of being a GM for the Pelicans, obviously he's been a GM before, he's been an executive before. The way he's doing it is that he has a guy who doesn't want to be there. So maximize on your assets. And what he's doing is he's not searching for the home run, I'm putting in baseball terms. Obviously the home run would comes in the form of Zion Williamson, the number one overall pick. But the way he's playing casting his net out there, expanding and making sure he has increased dividends that he that he has a good shot at picking up a, a draft steal. Um, the way he's playing it, he's, he's not playing he's not searching for that game winning home run. He's playing station to station baseball, manufacturing runs, manufacturing wins, which turn out to play off uh, hopefully a championship in New Orleans yeah. sometime soon. But yeah, I'm I'm really liking what David Griffin's doing. Obviously the Anthony Davis trade, I think it's a I think it's an A for the Pelicans. I'll grade it as an A for the Pelicans because I think what they could have is a good, good lot of players. Although there's no surefire all-star or extremely good player on this roster, even though I do think Lonzo Ball is going to be pretty darn good, I still think that the getting those picks up until 2025, that's six years worth of pick swap rights, yep. is huge. On the Lakers, I say B. The potential can be an A+. Plus. Say you win a championship while LeBron and AD are there, and we all know that AD is going to want to sign long term. If they win a championship, sure, A plus. You got the missing piece of the puzzle. Maybe the piece of the puzzle, the missing piece of the puzzle, still isn't there in a third max slot free agent. But you got to step in the right direction. You had to do what you got to do to get that big name player, and you got another guard or yeah, guard big man duo. Too much to say that LeBron's not a guard, but. He plays like a guard. Yeah, exactly. Guard big man duo in um, purple and gold. But yeah, I, that, that's how I see it. Any opinion on you? Yeah, no, I, I have to agree with, with pretty much exactly what you said. It's uh, on the Lakers side of things, I would give it like a B plus, right? Because they chose a direction. You know, LeBron only has however many years left in the tank that he has. You know, he is amazing, but at some point this run of greatness has to end. So they really needed to do something to start win now mode. And this is, you know, they're going off and showing, you know, we're the Lakers. We get big names. We pay people huge amounts of money to come play for us. Um, for the Pelicans, total A+. plus. You know, they obviously drafted Zion number one overall. They pretty much have to get younger as a team if they want to compete. You know, their, their outlook on the future is not like win-now mode like the Lakers are. They're looking like five, six, seven years down the road to where every one of these players that they just traded for is really going to be coming into their prime, and we can really see what paid off and what didn't. Um, but yeah, both both teams. I think this is a big win for uh, the Lakers. Definitely, kind of put their cards all out on the table uh, when they when they told the world that they wanted Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis said right back that he wanted them. But I've mentioned Zion a couple times already. It's hard not to. Let's move on to the draft. Number one overall, with no surprises, I think Zion Williamson goes to the Pelicans. Um, Obviously, we just talked about his brand-new teammates that he's going to have, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. Uh, also, of course, he'll be teaming up with Drew Holiday, one of the greatest perimeter defenders in the game. Um, his team is super young, obviously. Zion is completely unproven at the NBA level, but 
what do you make of this team? Like, are they going to be a fringe playoff team? Are they going to miss the playoffs? Are they going to be like middle of the pack in the West? What do you got for me? I say fringe playoff team. I'd, I, you, I'd, I'd put them up there with the Minnesotas. Okay, okay. You, ha- you have an established star, and you have a bevy of other guys who have to get there. And the question is, are they going to get there? This year, do I think they put it together? No. I just think it's too too little, too quick. As great as the story would be of all these young guys ascending to greatness, getting to the playoffs their first year together, and that what a story it would be, I don't see it happening. In the West, no, no. Fringe playoff team, hell yes. So if they make a run at the end of the season and they turn everyone's heads and they show the world that they're although they're young, they still can win big playoff games in the end or big games in the NBA. Sure, they can do it. But am I going to hold out hope? And eh, not so much. Yeah, I, I would agree. Provided they're healthy, I think fringe playoff is is right where you would slot them at seven or eight seeds, something like that. But um, I have to ask, you know, I know you're a closet Lakers fan, <laughs> but how's it going to feel watching Lonzo Ball toss these amazing alley oops and just pinpoint accuracy passes to Zion? I am, as as a fan, as a general basketball NBA fan, it's going to be exciting. Is there going to be regret there? Hell yes, because I still think that the better better route for the Lakers to have gone is not trade him as much as the trade is good to get the the big guy in AD. I still would like to see Lonzo in purple and gold. Come on, he's from Chino Hills. Come I on. I, the I, story was so perfect for I, him. I know. I was just... It really is a shame. I hope there's a way that he can come back to the Lakers. Because yeah. I, I hope he turns out good, and if he does, come back to the Lakers, please. <laughs> Well, you know, we've we've talked a lot in the uh, the past couple months about Zion going number one to the Pelicans, so we've pretty much fleshed out everything we have to say on it. Um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing if you if you are not like a hardcore NBA fan and you just want one team to watch, watch the Pelicans next season because like even if they don't make the playoffs, they're gonna be one of the most exciting teams. They're gonna own the Sports Center top ten for a while. I feel like, um, but anyways. We got a lot of news at uh, over in Memphis. Uh, first of all, obviously, with the number two overall pick, the Memphis Grizzlies selected John ja Morant out of Murray State. Um, consensus, pretty much the best guard in the draft. Um, but I think the real story here is the Grizzlies finally pulled the trigger on a Mike Conley trade. Like, I'm glad, dude. So am I. Of, of course, they uh, they traded him to the Jazz. By the way, for those of you who don't know. Um, this is amazing because they have held out so long on Mike Conley. Um, Marcus Gasol as well, you know, obviously just recently trading him to the, the Toronto Raptors. But you, you'd, you'd think that they would be able to go full rebuild before the start of last season. Start with fresh with Jaron Jackson Jr. But as it turns out, I think that the route that they went on was good. You give Jaron Jackson a vet to mentor who can start passing him lobs and play good defense and have someone where he's a, not just a rookie on a bunch of with a bunch of scrub teammates. The fact that he had Mike Conley as a vet who will be going to Utah, who will be instilling that veteran presence to not only Rudy Gobert but Donovan Mitchell. That's going to be yes. huge. Before we before we get to that, the the fact that he was there for Jaron Jackson's rookie year and now is is cast aside, not I don't say cast aside, traded away. So it opens the order for John Morant. I think what the Grizzlies are doing is the best thing that is they're doing the best they can do. Obviously, the better situation would to be pick R.J. Barrett potentially and have him with Mike Conley, but 
come on, we all know that Mike Conley's declining. Mm-hmm. He's not the healthiest guy. Obviously, when he's when he plays, he's fantastic. Borderline All Star. Definitely. I remember he was one of the first guys to get like a huge, huge deal, um, as deserving because he was part of those grit and grind teams back in the day. But I think I think it's good for the Jazz as well as Memphis because you get Grayson Allen, who pretty much is a rookie considering how little playing time he got. Yep. Kyle Korver, who John Morant can throw to or pass to. Jay Crowder, who he can kind of pass to, also rely on on defense. And the 23rd pick, which I'm kind of having trouble um, examining where that pick went, but we'll get back to that. Oh, that was, okay, yeah. So number 23 pick, Darius Baisley, um, was originally picked by OKC. But they flipped it to Memphis. Memphis in a pick swap. That's, okay. Okay, that's great. Because I was gonna say Darius. Okay, we'll t- we'll talk about th- we'll talk about the picks when we get there. Definitely. So, but in jo- at the at this, or actually, we're actually are, are talking about the picks. This John Morant, Mike Conley situation, it's good for the Jazz. Oh, it's good for Memphis because you get a lot of guys to put around John Morant, veterans, and Grayson Allen, who I think is pretty darn good. Just wasn't given enough playing time for certain reasons, but. The Jazz also received Mike Conley, who can play defense. You're not also relying on Ricky Rubio and obviously Jay Crowder. You have more athletic wings um, in Utah, but you also have Rudy Gobert now. You have someone to take the load off of, offensive load off of Donovan Mitchell. Ricky Rubio, as great as his passing is, they don't have enough weapons. So that's why you also need someone who can create his own shot, take his own shot. And that's Mike Conley. Right. And even in declining age, he's a veteran presence that can hopefully lead this team into a six-seed-ish range. Yeah. Six, six-seed-ish range and probably would, at the best-case scenario, would win a first round, win the first-round series. Second round, I don't know. That's too far in the future, like 10 months in the future. We'll see what happens when we get there. But as of right now, I think Jazz could fit six-seed with where they're going. Yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, a big problem with the Jazz was that they relied so heavily on Donovan Mitchell uh, in the playoffs, and he'd be burnt out. He exactly, exactly. And so, adding adding a a veteran guard, someone who can really take the load off him when it comes to scoring and defense and all that kind of stuff, and attention from from the other team's better defenders, you know, that's going to be huge for the Jazz. I would definitely, you know, expect. Like you said, at least a first round win. Um, I wouldn't be surprised by a second round win either because of how decimated the West is right now. Oh, yeah. All right. You ready to move on to New York, New York? Yes. New York, New York. RJ Barrett goes number three overall to the New York Knicks, the troubled franchise that has slowly found itself behind the Brooklyn Nets. Who, who would have thought? <laughs> Three, four years ago when the Nets were still paying the dividends of a a terrible trade, a KG and Paul Pierce trade. They netted KG and Paul Pierce, but they gave up six, seven, eight years of their draft future to get these guys. And obviously the run didn't work out. And now they're finally starting to pick. And as of right now, the Celtics, or sorry, what am I saying about the Celtics? The Knicks aren't in that good of a situation. I know. It's, this is... I I have to be serious with you guys for a second. Like RJ Barrett, great player. You know, like zero complaints on the on the pick itself. 
But in my opinion, like this is completely a consolation prize for what is probably one of the most heartbreaking off seasons for a Knicks fan ever. Like levels of heartbreak that Knicks fans haven't felt since like they thought they were getting LeBron in 2011, 2012. Like this is crazy. So like obviously first Knicks think they, they're getting Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant gets injured, probably is going to resign with the Warriors because the Warriors feel bad because they feel like it's their fault or something along those lines. I I still I I think he goes. Well, that's that's another or he, to- or he that's teams that's, up that's, with- that's that's another topic. Exactly. That's another topic for probably the end of this cast. But keep going, keep going. Yeah. Um. So Katie, not an option. Uh, Anthony Davis went to the Lakers, didn't choose the Knicks. Hundred percent not an option. Uh, Knicks also thought they were like for some reason guaranteed the number one overall pick and Zion. Nope, that didn't happen either. Like it just all fell apart for them. You know, the only thing I can say for them is like at least they have some free cap space. At least they have some money to throw at some people. But of course, you know, it's the Knicks, so we'll probably end up with another Barnyani on a thirty-two point five million dollar contract. Like, yeah. Yeah, good old Andrea Bargnani. Dude, hey, maybe Max, maybe Matt was right. Rem- about what? Remember remember when we, okay, we posted that clip on IG about Matt said, what if they get Nikola Vucevic and Bo- Bojan Bogdanovic? That, that could actually happen. Matt, you better address this on the second half. There's an actual possibility that they throw money at Bojan or is it? Yeah, it's Bojan. Yeah, Bojan. Bogdan plays for the Knicks. Bojan and Nikola Vucevic. Those are your two big free agents. Knicks well, fans okay, get excited well, about okay, it. Okay, well, no, okay that, that's, that's a worst case scenario. <laughs> I still think Kevin Durant's coming regardless. I'll tell, I'll tell people why after and why it's good after. But Nikola Vucevic, center. You have Kevin Knox who can play this, the three slash four. Hopefully if he can defend, he can play the four. Um, Bojan plays the three. You have Dennis Smith who plays the one, and RJ Barrett who plays the two. That is a decent starting five in the East. If they have a decent bench, I will not be surprised if they're not vying for the eighth seed. Oh my gosh! Okay, if if they, okay, here's there's a lot of things riding on it. You need to get a center because unless they're going to resign DeAndre Jordan, who's aging and they got that young kid mitchell robinson who's okay yeah they, they have okay they have mitchell robinson but you would like a better score right come on because kevin knox hasn't shown the scoring capability we all every everyone knows he was drafted for his potential scoring capability maybe a kd prospect kind of build but he hasn't panned out in this first year and maybe it was too much to ask to be perfectly honest maybe too much to ask and hopefully he turns out a decent player but if they play good defense, if they have a decent bench, and R.J. Barrett is exactly the person, and hopefully better than what we've seen in college, alongside Dennis Smith Jr., Artie Mitchell-Robinson, a few wing shooters, and a good center who can do a little bit of everything, who says no? I, don't say, I, don't, I won't say no to that team potentially vying Buying, I'm not saying they're going to vying for a playoff spot next year. I don't know. I personally, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the lottery again next year. Like that's oh, just... oh, I wouldn't be surprised either. But, but getting to my Kevin Durant point. I'm sorry that we're getting so far off in the the. No, go ahead. The draft. I'll, I'll get you back. On I, th- track I, th- I think this. I think it helps that we're talking about each team situation, especially with these high picks. If Kevin Durant comes, 
Okay, first of all, I think he comes. He's he's too petty that he has burner accounts. That he he cares he cares enough about his legacy and he cares enough about what people are saying that he'll want to come to New York to right his wrongs. He'll come back from injury, an injury that decimated Kobe. He'll team up alongside R.J. Barrett. Hopefully, another B plus player, B plus A player. Maybe Tobias Harris. I wouldn't be surprised if they pick up someone like that, which I would actually like. KD comes back with them, wins a championship, legacy on the upswing. It's not yeah. we're not gonna completely forgive him, but it's great that he did what he did without riding the coattails of the Warriors. And you know what? I'll give him props. He'll finally get his ring if he goes to the Knicks and that happens. Oh, I know. He's already got his ring. What am I saying? He'll get his ring on his own. Right. He'll get his ring he'll get, on his he'll own. Get, he'll get the only ring it, that matters it, it, to him. In the New York mantra, my way, Frank Sinatra. Um, he'll do it my way, and he'll get it done in a way that people will like. We won't be we won't be bashing him for my decision, or what was it? The next chapter? The next chapter, yeah. The next chapter. Oh. The next chapter, the final chapter, should be the Knicks. Come on. It's a big market. He can... Lay claim because New- LeBron's not in New York. Melo's gone. No one's there to claim the throne. That is New York. K- yeah. King of the East. I mean, that's definitely like the best storyline by far. Like if KD goes to the Knicks and then wrecks the league, like, in, of in, course. Okay, he would be in a year. And you know why it's good for RJ Barrett? Because it, make, it forces RJ Barrett to not rely on KD and it forces him to have a rougher than desired first year in the league. There's going to be a lot of pressure. He's in New York. He's going to have Katie as a teammate. Hopefully, Katie's a mentor. He's going to have to rely on distributing to guys and those guys also having to make his shots, which make him look better. And that will ultimately lead to RJ Barrett developing into a better player come second year. And when KD rides alongside him, it's going to be a good team. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If KD goes to the Knicks, it's all a big in 20, 2021. Yeah, 2019, 2020 is the season, or his upcoming season. 2020, 2021, I'm telling you, if KD goes to the Knicks, they will have a great shot at a plus or four and above seed. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, for sure. It is the best story. He has to. He doesn't have to. That's the thing. He's so worried about his legacy, though. Right, but like we, we live in the modern era of the NBA, which is super teams, and honestly, at this point, if KD doesn't team up with another, like, max-level guy, I don't know if he's, like, guaranteed a ring or not because you're going to be fighting dudes like AD and LeBron in the West and Giannis in the East. Like, I, I think it's pretty clear you can't win with, with just one star anymore. And Oh, I know, but dude, I, but like, I, but he, I think he, he wants to... He around Kyrie. Like, if Kyrie goes to the, to the Nets, I think KD has a way better chance of signing with the Nets than than with the Knicks. Like, I don't know what it is about KD and Kyrie, but they're they're vacationing together right now. Yeah, it's... it's Okay, all we can tell is that it's going to be a crazy, crazy Definitely. next three weeks. Because I think pick or you can start consummating deals July 1st. Yep. But obviously after that, deals after the first day, people fleshing out their roster. That's going to be... A fantastic time. I hope, hopefully, we're you and I are all free to cover this. Hopefully, Matt and Peyton are. 
because that's going to be a fantastic time to cover the league. Yeah. But let's just go on ahead past R.J. Barrett, past John Morant and Zion. Let's run down these picks. I know you got your little sheet here. Let's just just call out the picks, and then we'll, we'll try to dive into it All right, let's, little by little. Let's get to it. So number four, Atlanta Hawks trade up to get the number four pick uh, in DeAndre Hunter. Any thoughts? I know you're a pretty big fan of this guy, right? You you, you go first because you, t- you mentioned this in the group chat. I want you to s- say your spiel, and All I will right. piggyback off it. All right, so here's the thing. Um, from what I've been seeing from the Atlanta Hawks, I really feel like this team could be seriously dangerous in a couple of years if they keep this young core together. You've got guys like Trey Young, John Collins, uh, DeAndre Hunter. Hunter. I think they had two more picks uh, in the first round in this draft alone, uh, which we'll get to at, a, at another point. But the Hawks definitely picked a direction, and it's young, and it's building around Trey Young. Dude, if, if Trey Young really blossoms into like a Steph Curry light, just a small guard who knows how to shoot, who's really fast, who gets around screens really easily. Like, gets keep in mind, spots. he averaged, I think, six six and a half, seven assists exactly. as, as a rookie. And he's got he's got the dog in him. He has game winners. He's got hard fouls against and you know, uh, uh, for hit for like other teams. Like, he's he, the franchise he, cornerstone. Exactly. He's the he's the he's the guy for them. And if they keep this young core together, they're being super smart. They're making the right draft moves. Trading up to number four, I think, was a great idea. Um, obviously, not getting Darius Garland because that would be a, a disaster with Trey Young. Like DeAndre Hunter, great guy to to, to pair next to Trey Young. Atlanta Hawks are, are definitely on the up and up, in my opinion. Anything to add to uh, DeAndre Hunter's resume? I was. Oh, keep in mind. Oh, DeAndre Hunter, um, athletic, not the best scorer. I see Iguodala in him. That's an interesting a guy comment. who can defend, a guy who can really be a glue guy on a team. He can score when he has to. He's got the physical capabilities to get to the hole when he needs to. But that's not going to be his calling card. Defense is going to be this dude's calling card. And it and if it is, and hopefully he pans out that type of way, obviously if there's more offense, why not? Well, that's even better. But talking about a starting five, we I don't think you even dived into it, which I kind of wanted you to, but Trey Young at the one. Kevin Herter, fantastic shooter, and going to keep improving at the two. Cam Reddish, no, um, DeAndre Hunter at the three. Cam Reddish at the four, who's more of like a small ball four. And John Collins at the five, which is a small ball five. This is a small ball lineup, which they'll be able to roll out at certain times of the game. This year, this year, where you can see flashes, hopefully flashes of a team that is somewhat built like the Warriors. Exactly. I will... I get big Warriors vibes from this Because Exactly. Kevin Herter, sniper. A guy, he's athletic enough to where he can get to the hole. Same thing with DeAndre Hunter. Shooting's not his best thing. Defending, hopefully, will be, and hopefully he'll be good at it. John Collins. Not the defensive monster that Draymond is, but can get boards, he can score... Little more offensive oriented than Draymond right, right, was. Right. Cam Reddish, the sniper, maybe K- the KD version in Atlanta. Mm. And then you have Trey Young, who you all branded as, you said, Steph, Steph Curry, Curry Light. Light. You're right. There's a big Warriors vibes here. I wouldn't be surprised if they vie for the playoffs this year. 
I don't know about this year. Okay. I, would, I would I would give it I would give it a little it, time. Okay, for it, them it, to it, develop, it, it it depends. It is the East, so anything could de- happen. I know. Yeah, it's the East, and it's the bottom of the East, and we all know what the bottom of the East is like. Thirty-eight it's, win teams make the playoffs yikes, all the time. Yikes! Um, but I'm telling you, if this team can find some defense and some bench production, no doubt mm-hmm. that they're vying for a playoff spot. And I already consider them to be a close to the top playoff team. I consider them to be where the Pistons were last year. Fringe right, playoff. I like it. We'll keep these uh, nice and short for you guys because we do have a lot to get through. Um, number five pick, Cleveland Cavaliers, Darius Garland. This is an interesting one to me because they already have Colin Sexton. You think they're giving up on him? You think they're trying to pair here's, him with someone? Here's what I say. I'm not high on Colin Sexton. Yeah, mm. neither am I. I was like, eh. I think he's, eh, he's a, he's going to be a starting point guard for someone because he has enough talent. I don't think he has the mental capability yet, yet, not saying he won't, yet, to be a starting point guard. He'll win you some games with his talent, his shooting ability, but he'll also lose you some games. The problem is he's completely atrocious on defense. Exactly. And I think Darius Garland's too safe of a pick with a high enough ceiling and he's too good of a shooter on the outside. Hopefully, Kevin Love comes back. Hopefully, Chetty Osman turns out to be a hybrid point guard forward, shooting guard forward, one, two, three, all in one. Because I really like Chetty Osman. I do too, man. He just got some of. He plays like LeBron. It's I know. So weird. Yeah. Have you Have you seen his clips? Yeah, dude. They yeah. Like the ones where they put him side uh-huh, by side with uh-huh. LeBron. They have like the same uh-huh. dude. It's okay. So enough cool. about Chetty Osman. <laughs> We're talking about Darius Garland, who I really like. I followed him out of high school. Because I, I, I caught a few um, USA Basketball clips of him. He, he seemed like a really likable guy. I saw his game, and I was like, oh, this dude's going to be a stud. Obviously, didn't see him this year due to injury. But the fact that he's ranked number five, even with those little amount of games played, I think if he can stay healthy, another multi-time All-Star. I think he's a three- to four-time All-Star. Yeah, I would agree with you. In I think, prime. I think immediately it's an upgrade over Colin Sexton. Yes. And that's, that's really what they're looking for. All right. We got the first big trade thing to happen. Um, the number six pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, the Wolves acquired this pick from the Suns, in which the trade was basically Minnesota traded number 11 pick, which turned out to be Cam Reddish, and Dario Saric to Phoenix for the number six pick in the draft, which is Jarrett Culver. Um, oh no, oh, Cam Johnson. Sorry, I, I'm no, no. I I wrote it down. I was thinking, pick eleven being. I'm apologies, everyone. I I wrote on the notes as Cam Reddish, thinking it was pick ten. Ah, excuse me. I meant to say Cam Johnson, but of course. Um. Yeah. So this one, I don't. I don't have much to say about this one. Good. The I think it's a solid trade. I mean, yeah, the, the Timberwolves need as as much high level talent as they can get they're because they're kind of a rut. Um, here's here's the reason why, and it pains me to say this. It pains me because this person who I'm going to call out, I expected great things. I, I I expected so much from him, so much, and he has not delivered. He, he's he's shown sparks, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. I think I do. He's shown sparks. I'm like, this dude could be so good. He can be like Kobe. And hopefully people understand now who I'm talking about. It is Mr. Andrew Wiggins. 
please. Oh, I don't know why I'm saying please. He's 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 um his time in Minnesota as the lead scoring non non big man is over. Jarrett Culver takes that with his number six pick. Yeah. He's shown enough at Texas Tech in the tournament, big time stage, big time, and he's shown he can score. I hope he has that dog mentality that is lacking from Andrew Wiggins. Because when we look at Andrew Wiggins, we see athleticism. We see someone that if he puts the pieces together, I thought he could be comparable to Kobe. So much raw talent. I, th- I thought when he was coming out of Kansas, I was like, this dude's so good. We, f- we He faced San Diego State when I was follow- started following them in college basketball. I was like, this dude's so good. If he puts it all together, we're- the league is screwed. And I was thinking, him and Carl Anthony no, Towns was gonna be dude, amazing. The dude, next remember, Kobe remember, and Shaq. Remember like, what, before Jimmy Butler was there? Think Jeff Teague. Um, who else? Who was at the two? Zach Levine. Zach Levine. Zach Levine. Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and then Dario. Or did they get Dario Sarge through the Jimmy Butler trade? They did. Yeah. They also had a four. They could have drafted a four or something like that. They they, they could have drafted Laurie Markkinen. Yeah, seriously. Dude, oh my goodness. The Wolves are paying for their mistakes. And that I think the big mistake is not even the Wolves' fault. It's yeah, exactly. Andrew Wiggins not putting the work to be one of the greatest players in this league because he could have been. And it's past his time to develop now. Jimmy Butler totally said it best. Like when he had that huge fight with. Uh, he doesn't have a dog attitude. Players, He's, like, number one, he doesn't have a dog attitude. Number two, like in terms of natural talent. Andrew Wiggins is way more talented than Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah. And yet Jimmy Butler has so much more success because Jimmy Butler's always in the gym. He's there at 5 a.m. He leaves at 9 p.m. He's like, worked his no butt off to get there. If people, if people, if you haven't seen the Jimmy Butler story, I suggest you read up on it. There's no art, one article or thing. I suggest watching videos because I don't believe he, was a, he had D1 scholarships. Mm-hmm. If not, well, then he got to Marquette somehow. Right. Same college as Dwayne Wade. Um then he gets to Chicago, not many minutes, earns his way, then becomes the number one scoring option, then starts leading this team in somewhat in, pretty much into the playoffs, and then he gets traded away. And then you come up with a guy across from him in Andrew Wiggins in Minnesota where you see this dude's got so much God-given talent. If he only had the dog attitude like I did. If he had half of what Jimmy Butler had. If he had, had half of what Jimmy Butler had, dude, this dude would be um, still pretty darn unreal. good. Yeah, he, He'd be like... The third, fourth best player on a championship team. But nope, but nope. And it's kind of crazy how much we got out of just Jarrett Culver talking about Andrew Wiggins. But when I see this pick, it's like, it's over. It's over. Well, we talked about a lot of uh, either former or current Bulls in that little segment. So let's move on to the number seven pick, Chicago Bulls. Kobe White, what you got for me? Decent overall pick. I'm not sure the fit is there. Because I like what um, the current point guard. What's the current point guard's name? Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn. I like he Chris Dunn. Cr- yeah. I like Chris Dunn. Is he going to get there? I'm not so sure. I'm not sure, so sure what his ceiling is. He's been. He improved from his rookie year, which was atrocious at Minnesota. Or was it? Yeah, it was yes, at Minnesota. Yes, it was. He has improved, but I think Kobe White is more of a high floor, lower ceiling guy. That can get up and down the floor. That can score for you. He he'll be a good spark plug off the bench. I'll tell I'll I'll say that he's going to be a good spark plug plug off the bench. I don't know how high a ceiling is going to be, 
But if he improves, fantastic. But where he's at, a spark plug six man off the bench for a good, decent young lineup in Chicago, exactly what they need. Yeah, I think we've seen the best that we're going to see out of Chris Dunn, or at least close to the best. You know, he's a defensive-minded pass-first point guard, and Kobe White's really that guy who can go out there and get you a bucket, and I think that's what the Bulls really need right now is scoring. Um, all right, another pick from the New Orleans Pelicans, number eight. They, of course, had the number one pick in Zion. Jackson Hayes. Uh, Consensus was, best center in the draft. Yeah, this was part of the uh, uh, number four number four pick swap that they that the Pelicans did with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, like you said, potentially the best center in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, really good guy to put next to Zion. They were kind of at a lack of in the center position after losing. Anthony the only Davis. person you know who the only, the only person they had left was who Jalil Okafor. Oh, dude, I'm still waiting on him. Dude, to I'm, t- I'm telling you, people, I don't know why people, people gave up on Jaw too early. People gave up on Jaw way too early. He was, he looked halfway decent in the, in the season. Mm-hmm. I was like, dang, this dude is actually not that bad. Yeah. But, okay, short segue. I think the reason why Jaw wasn't that good is because the league changed out from under him, but that's another, another yeah, story for true. another time. Jackson Hayes does fill a need. Now you can roll out a starting lineup of, oh, God. It pains me to say this. <laughs> Lonzo, then Drew, then Brandon Ingram, who's eh at the moment. Zion said he was 25 to 30 points a night. That's all I'm saying. And then Zion, and then Jackson Hayes. It'll, it'll be – fan- Huh? I said it's the young core. That's it's the young core. If they, can play, if they can play interior defense, then this team's going to be a problem. We both – we all know that Lonzo and Drew – in terms of defense, defense, fantastic, fantastic, one of the best defensive front court duos. But in terms of uh, front court defense, in the paint, in the paint, Zion, yes, he can defend. Yes, he can block shots. Can he match up against today's big guys? That's going to be a question. That's the question. Because when you guys, when you got someone in the division like Lamarcus Aldridge, who's going to back you down, then fade away. Is Lon is Zion going to be able to, after running up and down the court, being the Skywalker that he is, jumping and dunking from Lonzo's lobs, which I'm reluctant to say, will he be able to contest that shot with that same intensity that he's been dunking? I don't know. But if they do, and same thing with Jackson Hayes, if he's able to match up defensively against these NBA centers, I know he doesn't, he's not the biggest guy. Yes, his frame's there. He's not the biggest guy in terms of weight. He can get thrown around. But if he can develop into that, then the hot, then the Pelicans really have something, and I think we've always all been saying this ever since the AD trade. The Pelicans are really putting themselves in a spot. In three years, everyone's going to start to hit that accelerated prime breaking point where you're gonna you're gonna have some guys who are real real nice on that team with Zion as well. That's the thing is uh, take as much pressure off of Zion as you can, and that's a good interior defender right there, Jared Culver. Or, excuse me, Jackson Hayes. Uh, all right, let's move on. Number nine, Washington Wizards, Rui Hachimura. Uh, shouts out to the first Japanese-born uh, player to be selected in the first round of the NBA draft. Shout out to Rui Hachimura. I've always had, a, had an eye out for him ever since, like, at Gonz, since he's been at Gonzaga. It's a team that San Diego State's played the past few years. And we've seen, and we've seen his progress. He's good, but he goes to. I I feel bad. I I feel I feel bad because this, of all the teams to get drafted to, why, 
That was that was my biggest point, honestly. Is like it's the Washington Wizards, the Wizards, so they really can't strike out on whoever they swing for. Like they've already solid. Rui Hachimura is a, like, in my opinion, the best player on a really solid Gonzaga team. So yes, he's athletic. He's someone that can do pick and roll with Bradley Beal if he's if still if he's still in there. But man, he okay. He's a good pick. He'll pan out. I think he has enough athletic ability to where he'll... He doesn't have a super high ceiling, but he has a high enough floor, and his ceiling's enough above that to where you'll see improvement in a few years. But I just get sad thinking about the Wizards because John Wall's injury, his money that he's getting paid, I don't even even want to get into another worse deal. I think you know what I'm talking about. Chris Paul. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll we'll talk about that. that's another yeah. another topic for the true NBA offseason special, especially once we get in towards the free agency, which it happens in ten days. We'll talk about it in ten days. Next pick number ten. Cam Reddish, the sniper. Atlanta we already Hawks. we already touched on the Hawks, but fantastic pick, like ah, fanta- fantastic pick. Also, a little bit of a shout out. This uh, was the pick that the Hawks acquired last year in the Luka Doncic trade. So, so if, if continue it turns out to arrive. they continue to arrive for the Hawks, who we originally thought, especially with Luka's insane performance early on, were the clear losers. Yeah. Clear losers. Like, I was, when, when I first saw it, I was like, Atlanta, what are you doing? But they may have had this plan of, finding the sniper in the 2019-2020 draft. All along. And they've gotten a guy who's proven himself on a Duke team, been the third winning or the third uh, cog in the championship team, although they did not win the championship. Still probably the most talented team on paper. Fantastic. Number 11, number 11 pick, Phoenix Suns, Cam Johnson. Um, I don't care about the Phoenix Suns in any way, shape, or form, so I kind of don't care about this pick. Cam Johnson, uh, he played for UNC, right? I believe so. I'm going to go to the draft cast. I want to see what ESPN has to say, and then I'm going to go off of that. Let's see, see, see. You said pick number 11? Yep. Pick number 11, Cameron Johnson. Let's see what they say. Nice size for a wing. Six. Okay, so let's give you the tail of the tape like we're in the boxing match. 6'9", 205, out of North Carolina. Cameron Johnson, the sixth at his position of the power forward position. Best shooter in the draft, knocking down 40.3% of his career threes. Um, mature, productive player, nice size for an, a wing. But so he basically lacks... he's a good dude for Devin Booker to pass to. Exactly. But you know what I was pretty, pretty, uh, what do you call it? Surprised, disappointed. Or pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty disappointed in. They should have kept their number six pick. Taken Jarrett Culver, maybe traded down and gotten Kobe White. Get a point guard because what point guard is there in Phoenix right now besides DeAnthony Melton, who I only know because he averaged fantastic steal numbers for me in (laughs) fantasy basketball. (laughs) What point guard do they have? Isaiah Cannon, who went down with a a horrendous leg injury. I wonder where he is right now. I hope he's recovering well. But what point guard do they have, and where are they going to get a point guard in the future to take the pressure off Devin Booker? Because Devin Booker, as great as he is, has done nothing in Phoenix. And it's not his fault. No, it's not his fault at all, because he's balled out. He's balled out. 
but they need another piece at the point guard position. Cause I can't say anything because I'll just get started on Devin Booker and then we'll have a two-hour-long podcast. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you want to move on to number twelve? Wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to wait. I'm trying to think. What did I say? What? Uh, no, no, no. Because remember that cast that we ended up putting on um, Instagram TV. I, I there was a point in one of the parts where I said, and I know you're gonna cringe at this. We're we're gonna we're gonna keep this can closed. But I just want to reference this for the sake of a deep cut. I said Devin Booker's like Kobe light. I still believe in that. I still believe in that. Maybe not the defensive part. Offensively, fantastic Kobe light all the way. We're going to we're going to talk about the Suns and their misery of a team next podcast. Yeah. We'll next pick, number 12, Charlotte Hornets, PJ Washington. What do you think? Hey, it's the it's the Hornets, you know, like it, I, I kind of I end up saying the same thing about a lot of the teams in the lottery because they are bad teams. But P.J. Washington's a good player. Like, I don't really see how Charlotte can go wrong with him. It's they're filling a need. And, you know, with Kemba possibly moving out, I think maybe I think he stays with this pick because he's he said he wants to stay. He wants to. We could we here. could address this when when he does or doesn't get traded in the trade deadline. We got a lot of picks to get. Well, no, 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 no. At least for the start of the season, I think okay. he stays for now. This okay. is a good pick to put around Kemba. I think he does sign, but it's it's going to be the team's willingness to do a sign and trade. Mm. If they do a sign and trade, then this pick is just like any other pick. You throw it. You don't or you throw it in a vacuum. It is what it is because you're not. You don't have your franchise cornerstone point guard who is Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker there. But as of right now, I believe he's going to stay, and he wants to stay. It's on the organization to say, can we do a sign-and-trade, reap the benefits of that, and then keep building from that, or are we just going to let him walk? It's, it's a lot of things. And P.J. Wash, Washington, what he does is he addresses a need for a Hornets team that may want to contend. And you're right. Maybe they do trade come at the trade deadline. They have to get pieces somehow. To be perfectly honest, I, I've always thought the Hornets should just blow it up. Keep Jeremy Lamb, Malik Monk, Miles Bridges. That's it. The center is Frank the Tank Kaminsky. No. Bismack, I don't even think he's there. Bismack anymore. with the big smack, baby. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I blow it up. Because as great as Kemba is, he's not going to be able to carry you because you don't have enough requisite parts around him to yeah. help him along there. Kemba Walker is a second is a second best player on a championship team. Totally agree. And I, okay, short little segue. I like how it's a better way to quantify a player. Are they the first, are they the best player on a championship team? Are they a second best player on the championship team? Are are they a third best? And I think it's a product of our times, considering that we're in the age of super teams, because you have LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh, which kind of led the way of that. But yeah, this pick, the jury's still out on if this is going to be a good pick or not because Kemba Walker is a big piece, not only in the Charlotte Hornets, but the whole NBA free agency landscape. So we'll touch on this pick and the whole team in the offseason. Next pick, Tyler Harrow out of Kentucky. Decent. Yeah, so this guy was actually, uh, I had a little segment uh, that I was going to do that was like surprise draft pick, and he was my surprise that he went this high. Um, he goes number 13 to the Heat. Uh, he's a shooting guard from Kentucky. Good athleticism, good shooter, played a decent amount of minutes, but I really think that 
the Heat maybe got a little bit uh, uh, hoodwinked here because he was a decent player on a really, really well-coached Kentucky team. And maybe that inflated his stats a little bit. I think it's a decent... Oh, you Okay, what would you grade it if you gave it a grade? Give me a B. A B? I say B plus potential. Because we, we all know he's a good shooter. He's he's proven himself even on a good Kentucky team. He's There's been some games when he's taken over. There have been some games. I've seen some clips of him taking over on offense. And it's nice. And yes, he has the athletic ability. He's 6'6", 192. Yes, he can add bulk to the frame. Come on. 6'6", 192. He can definitely yeah. add bulk to that frame. But I think what the Heat are drafting is a guy that's so good on offense that he's a spark. Because you have Josh Richardson, great, not that good, or he's decent enough on defense, but he's 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 good enough on offense, but he's not that push me over the top guy. That's what Tyler Hero Hero or Hero is going to be. He's going to guy that put pushes them up over the top on offense. Hopefully, gets them into the playoffs because the whole mantra around the Miami Heat is that they they're gritty. They're just they're a gonna team full of role players. They're a team full of role players, long practices. They somehow find a way to play defense and win games. But I think I think that the way that they're gonna get this done is that Tyler Hero is gonna have to be the offensive spark plug. All right, how long are we going on the on time? Uh, forty minutes on time. We're doing good. All right, cool. We're doing good. Keep it going. Number fourteen, Boston Celtics, Romeo Langford. Um I'll be honest with you, I'm unfamiliar with this player, so I don't really have anything to add here. But it's Boston, and they're kind of a disaster right now, so I'm sure another young guy can't hurt. Darn. You're, you're, you're yes. right about that. You're right. right. I was, I was going to say damn straight, but da- yeah, damn straight. Damn straight. They're, they, the Boston Celtics, who drafted this at pick 14, which they got from, I forgot what exact pick trade this was what was number 14s this is this I is think from this a, was their pick it might it might no no like no this this was their pick but they got it back because um was it was it, it like no it was lottery it, protected no it was, it was like yeah no it was the clippers because if the clippers were in the it uh we didn't make the playoffs they right, would have kept this pick right 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 okay romeo linkford i've heard enough of i've heard the name before and i've seen some clips he's good on offense faced um, a, a tough learning curve with college as a, a, a good chunk of high school players do uh, coming out of high school. But if he's good enough and the Celtics see enough talent in him, hopefully he can be a spark. That's I, I think that's the best you can hope for. All right. Number 15, Detroit Pistons. Sekou Dumbuya. I believe I'm saying that right. I'm Sekou sorry. Dumbuya. I, I'm, 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 I'm going to go with that. Um he was a big European star. Uh, he went pro really early, I believe, from what I was watching uh, on the draft. I think he went pro at like age 15 or something like that. Um, obviously, we've seen the impact that pro-level play has on young players such as Luka Doncic, so fingers crossed that this works out for him. I think it's an okay trade. Yes, he slid a little in the draft. He could have been drafted maybe 11, 12, maybe 10 because um, he's proven himself on a European stage. But as as with everything, there's always questions. There's always questions about overseas talent because we haven't seen them in front of our own eyes, and not everyone's there watching European and uh, uh, European basketball games. And yeah. I know that there are scouts dedicated to that, but 
mm, we're not always the most trusting with that. And the reason why this could be a steal, but also at the same time isn't the best pick is because you still have Blake Griffin. This dude's a 6'9", 210 power forward. That's Blake Griffin's position. And who else is in the front court? Andre Drummond, who you're not going to move. Yes, maybe from a project um, development standpoint, yes, he could be that guy in a few years when Blake Griffin gets too old and he, along with Andre Drummond in his prime, will be able to do some great things. But at the moment, it's not really moving the needle for Detroit. It's I okay. Agree, yeah. It's it's a C plus pick. Yeah, I think we're I think we're at the point in the draft, kind of, uh, except for one player I'll mention later, where we're kind of past the point of players who are going to immediately move the needle. Um, mm-hmm. We're kind of into the range of more along, along the lines of either starting minutes on a bad team or backup minutes on a good team or possibly no minutes on a good team, depending how things pan out. Anyways, moving on to the number 16 pick, the Orlando Magic selected Chuma Okeke. And again, I'm probably butchering these names. I am so sorry. Um, Again, this is a player who I'm not super familiar with. So if you have any input, I would keep going. All right, cool. New Orleans Pelicans uh, at the number 17 pick, again from the Hawks, uh, number four trade pick that we mentioned earlier. They selected Nikhail Alexander-Walker, who the only thing of note I can remember about him is that he is the cousin of Shea Gilgus-Alexander. Um, that's hey. That's oh, wait. I'm looking at the photo. I I see that. Yeah, I see, right. I see, it. I see it. I see it. Dude, the hyphenated name. Sh- shout out, shout out to Shea Gilgis Alexander because I think he's going to be a pretty big force in this league, and I've I've been high on him since the draft. I've always liked him. Uh, next pick, uh, Goja Goga. Thank you for taking the Dude, bullet I, on this one. I, I took the bullet <laughs> on this one. I don't. Bitaj. Bitaj. I'm I'm gonna go with the. The the, the DZE is gonna be a, is gonna be yeah. all together. It's a big guy. It's six eleven, two fifty one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Okay, okay. He was um, most recently noted for having that picture at the NBA draft media day, where he was next to Zion oh, and no one was looking at him. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. That was pretty heartbreaking. Hopefully, because he's also gotten some um, DMs. I don't say DMs, but comments on that post about. Hey, use that as motivation. Keep working on it. He's a third best center, 17 overall. Pick that 18. Improving areas, struggles to cover ground defensively. Um, average passer and isn't always the best perimeter shooter that you'd expect in a, what do you call it? Modern NBA Modern. center. Yeah. But he's skilled. He has a strong work ethic as it's been, it's been, very, it's been noted quite many times. He's a um, strong work ethic. Big, good size, and a skilled offensive player in general. Pick and roll, pick and pop. Um, he'll be able to contribute, but it's weird. This is a weird pick because you still have Miles Turner, who started to play up to his money. Thank God he started yeah, playing seriously. worth his money. And DeMontis Sabonis, who we all have known has been balling out. Number 19, San Antonio Spurs take Luka Saman- Saman- Samanic. Samanic, thank you. Um, Keep going. No surprises here. You know Spurs taking an overseas player. He, they're probably going to make him great. They're probably uh, they're, let's be honest. They're probably going to make him the seventh guy off the bench. Exactly, and he'll be exactly what they need in some random situation. Uh, pick number twenty, Philadelphia 76ers take Matisse Thibel. Thibel, Thibel. Not quite sure on that one. Matisse, Matisse Thibel. So yeah, this was originally Boston's pick. Uh, flipped it to Philadelphia in a pick swap. Um, you want to move on? <laughs> Keep going. Number 21, Memphis Grizzlies select Brandon Clark. Uh, notable thing here was that was originally OKC's pick, but OKC traded down to number 23 for this one. Um, Memphis, of course, is 
doing everything they can to get younger, to get better players, to pair up with John Morant. Uh, number 22, again, Boston Celtics. They take Grant Williams. Number 23, Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, this was also traded to Memphis in a pick swap. His name is Darius Baisley. Wait, 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 wait. This is to Memphis? Yes, this one goes to Memphis. Oh, yes, because of the, um, the what do you call it? The Mike Conley trade. Yes, yes. correct. This is the guy that I want to talk about later in the draft. Darius Baisley, many of you may remember him if you followed the high school prep hoop scene, that this was the guy that held out. He held out from going to college. He had a internship at New Balance about, I think it was New Balance, or it was some brand about building his brand. And by what people have said, his combine, his workouts, the year off from school that he's been able to put into his body, put into his work as a basketball player has like turned out pretty well. Because for all we know, this dude could be better, and we didn't. We just didn't have enough enough eyes on him in in games because he didn't really play any games. He didn't go to college. He just put insane amounts of time into his body and his craft, which is playing basketball. That for a team like Memphis, who already have John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. If you get a project guy in Darius Baisley, who's a small forward, 6'9", 206, great frame, can shoot. Um, these, he, oh, the only thing we have is not that much film on him. If he pans out, you have the one, you have the three, and you have the four in Memphis. Four slash five, because Jaron Jackson Jr. is a pretty darn good defender, if you right, ask me. Yeah. This could be a big building block for Memphis. I think this is a fantastic pick. Yeah, good for Memphis for going for it because you got to pick direction and stick to it in this league. Number 24 pick, Phoenix Suns by way of the Celtics, which was by way originally of the Sixers, is Ty Jerome. Um, but I see a name, one more down the list, that is just calling out for me. Go to it. Number 25, Portland Trailblazers take Nasir Little, possibly the greatest draft steal in this entire draft. This guy, in my opinion, was easily a top 10 talent. Um, played for UNC, played behind the number 11 pick, who was Cam Johnson. So he only averaged like 10 points, I think four and a half rebounds, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Didn't um, put up the best stats, but this dude's many, potential. many, many, many people, as well as I, I believe he has the potential to be top three, four, five players in this draft. I was genuinely shocked when he did not go in the top 10 of this draft genuinely shocked because he, like, he, he hasn't he hasn't he's played been hyped since out of high school man like yes but he also hasn't played up to his level in college that's and true. but maybe maybe it's this the way that roy williams was doing something in unc that he was just wasn't able to, as a player and the way he plays wasn't able to mold his game into but now this dude's with dame lillard cj mccollum hopefully ennis Cantor, and you also have Yusuf Nurkic, and he's at that position that Al Farouk Aminu, he's no longer going to be there. You have Nasir Little at the four. Who do you have? Zach Collins? Yeah. That Okay, if Nasir Little pans out, he's that third piece that Dame and CJ need. If he, he, might, can, if, he might be able if, to fix the backcourt issue. If he can defend, if he can defend, this could be a fantastic pick for this could be an A plus plus pick for the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, people are gonna look back on this. This is this is like 
give it like five, six, seven years, and people on YouTube are going to be making videos about how were there 24 people drafted before Nasir Little. Like, I guarantee I don't it. think he's going to be the best player in the draft. I think he'll be top four or yeah, five. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, let's let's wait. Let's roll down the list again, dude. He could be top four. That's what I'm saying, man. It's crazy to me. Maybe top five because I'm crazy. really high on Darius Garland as well. Yeah. But besides that, anyone first round because second round still going as we speak. But yeah, that was pretty much it for me. I mean, me Kevin just, Porter Jr. is is one other player of note. Mm-hmm. Um, number thirtieth pick uh selected by the cleveland cavaliers taken from the pistons i have a lot of faith in, in him so we'll see but that was pretty much all of them that i had to offer that was it was you know a, it who was a good draft you know man. who we have not seen what's that jalen mcdaniels oh yeah dude i remember Has there were mocks drafted yet no there have been there have been mocks of him late was, first round yeah. i i saw him early second but yeah yeah, I was going to say early second, but he's sliding. Dude, mm. if a team gets Jalen McDaniel, I'm telling you, and this is not coming from state bias. Well, maybe it is. A little bit. A little bit. Actually, a decent bit. Oh, wait. No way. Did he just get picked? No, 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 no. The oh. Kings got uh, Brasidicus. Uh, this dude, uh, awesome last name. Um, played at Michigan. But back to the point of Jalen McDaniels, I really think that he's a good guy that can has a high enough floor to where he can contribute if given decent minutes off the bat. And, and he's he has a great a high motor en- guy. Huh? He's a great motor, high energy great guy. Great motor, high energy guy. Fantastic. And if he has a high enough ceiling, I don't know if he does. I think that's the biggest reason why people aren't going to waste a pick on him, why they'll just sign him after, do a Fred Van Vliet. Shout out to Fred Van v- Vliet, by the way. If they get him, they'll be getting a good player, and they won't regret their decision. Well, that pretty much rounds out our uh, our draft rundown. We can do. You want to do a little recap of like the notable trades that happened, or you think we covered it pretty well? I think we covered it pretty well. Um, let's let's uh, give your best pick of the draft. It doesn't have to be a steal. What's your favorite pick of the draft? I know who you're gonna say. Just <laughs> I mean, just just say it. Just I could say be it. Boring and say Zion Williamson, but like honestly, I want to go with John Morant here because like. I really feel like this is a big turning point in the Grizzlies organization. They've chosen to give up the grit and grind era. They, Rest in peace, grit and grind. They, they understand it's the end. Uh, I think John Morant is is really going to open up the possibilities for a rebuilding team like them. So he's like my favorite fit guy, personally. What about you? I I thought you were going to go with Nasir Little. Mm. I really thought I mean, you were going to go. I mean, I want to, but I understand, I understand like, the talent level of John Morant. You know what I mean? Like... I think, because I want to say John Morant too, and you stole my pick. Dude, go ahead. That's fine. I'm sorry. I want to say, oh, this is tough. This is really tough because I love what R.J. Barrett has done at Duke, and totally. I think he will f- easily do that and more and achieve greatness in New York, which I do want to happen, although I'm a Lakers fan. I do think the best overall pick in this draft, and we'll look back at this someday as the reason why the Hawks won a championship or got close, is DeAndre Hunter. I see Andre Iguodala in him, the way he's played for Virginia, the way he's impacted the NCAA Finals, got his team to the championship. I know he wasn't the best player or 
wasn't the MVP of the game, the championship game, but the way he got them there. Defense, scoring when he had to. That's going to be that Andre Iguodala, the, the person, the the player that a high offensive team or a high-powered offensive team needs. A guy who can lock down his end, guard one through five, which hopefully in a year's two, year or two's time, he'll be able to do. This will be the piece that people will look back on. This is the glue guy. This is going to be our quote-unquote finals MVP. Shout out, how, shout out to Iggy, who actually was finals MVP in 2015. Yes. 2015, yeah. Th- this is going to be the pick. I think that's. I think this is going to be because everyone sees the top three as they've been locked in, and no one's really been surprised. But I th- think coming from where they are now to where they're going, hopefully to be, and what it projects to be, this pick number four, DeAndre Hunter from Virginia to the Atlanta Hawks, is going to be the best pick of the draft f- in five years. Well, you heard it here first, folks. And uh, in closing, I want to say, first of all, good luck to all the new draft picks. I uh, hope you guys do well on your new teams. And with that, I'm going to have to pass it off to Matt and Peyton for part two of our NBA draft special. Thank you guys so much for listening to me and Nick's part, and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.